you go on you know one lunch date with a girl you don't even hold hands with and you're like i love her i love her <laughs> welcome to sincast presented by cinema sins Everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from Cinema Sins, joined as always by the voice of Cinema Sins, Jeremy Scott. Hey, everyone. Hi. How's it going? Hi. And hey. for music video sins, Barrett Share. Hiya. Say hello to your mother for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Sloan what up. Um, <laughs> there were a couple of things I wanted to want to talk about before we get into uh, more uh, 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 stage adaptations and everything. Sweet. Um, uh, 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 first off, uh, we have, we have the, all this, uh, extra content that comes out with mini pods and interviews and stuff. And you guys might see interviews that come up every once in a while. And you're like, I don't know if I'm really interested in that movie. I don't know if I'm interested in, in that person talking or whatever, but man, I tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to make this a, a, a sort of a, a recommendation of our own shit. That's how, <laughs> look that's, at my shit. Yeah. Look at my shit. Um, because even though you might not be like a hundred percent on a movie, you know what I mean? I don't even, I don't think I've even heard of that movie or whatever. Listen to some of these interviews, man. These people have some stories. Yeah. They have all mm. sorts of like, like great insight into into how movies have been made and everything uh we recently got done with uh eric bress who did uh the ghosts of war he's also the director of the butterfly effect and we got mm. to talk about the butterfly effect a little bit with him and that was fun he was a very engaging guest he's one yeah. of the, he's one of the most like fun guests that i've ever talked to in an interview we talked to Stacy Martin, who's in who's in Archive, but of course she's also in Nymphomaniac, and she's in All the Money in the World, and mm-hmm. she's on all these movies. And we got to talk to her about a lot of those movies too, and like just fun stuff and everything. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, what was it the the one that we we did uh, Adrian McMorin and uh, mm-hmm. Magda Apinovich. Um They they were they're in the movie Volition, and. Uh, and oh my god they were so great and magda's hilarious mm-hmm. and i was just like what what did we what did we do to get this kind of like these kind <laughs> of guests you know it's like amazing yes. uh listening to it's these people fun. talk is is fun so um i just wanted to throw that out there if you guys didn't you know if you were like looking at the interview and you're like eh, i'm not really interested in whatever movie that they're they're out there to promote Oh, listen to some of these interviews. These guys have a lot more stories about that stuff. And maybe, maybe you'll get interested in the movie itself too, but that's like, you know, that's like only part of it to me. I'm telling you, man, not only are, you know, some are directors, some of them are actors. Uh, We had the good fortune to speak with Channing Godfrey Peoples who helped bring this whole Juneteenth uh, thing into the the populace, which Mm -hmm. has gotten rave reviews, by the way. Uh, and and brought some insight that Chris and I would not have had. I don't think. Yeah. Um, we uh, we talked to Naisa Hardiman, uh, who was is this wonderful um, uh, Irish academic uh, mm, who yeah. turned filmmaker. And so we were talking about film theory and like all these things. This will just blow your mind. So 
I absolutely agree with Chris that we should be pimping our own shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I'm not uh, saying that because I'm like, I'm, I'm, I need these things to get downloaded more and listened more to. I don't have any inherent need for them to. No, I it's the just, people. I, I just want you guys to hear what they have to say because the getting a peek behind how these movies are made and everything is just fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and hearing the stories that they have to tell about it and everything. So I just wanted to give that as sort of a, uh, you know, an off a book recommend, um, for everybody. Um, the other thing that I wanted to get into is because of COVID, I've had a hard time, you know, going out very often. Uh, um, and, uh, like I was telling everybody the other day, the first time I got gas since March, I did that two days ago, two days ago. <laughs> um, that's how few, uh, I that's how few, uh, how little I've ever gone out uh, in the past five or six months. Um, and I could have made it to August if I wanted to, but I decided to, to like, yeah, let's make sure we have a full tank just in case the zombies show up. Mm-hmm. So it's the next thing. Yeah. So, uh, so I, so there have been a couple of, uh, of, of, uh, postcards that have come in and they're both from from dominic who has who has sent uh postcards before and um Mm. and i just wanted to read a couple of these one's from february that's from the that's from the before times um (laughs) it says uh hey guys i am very much enjoying this new bracket of course we were doing the best of the decade bracket back then and hope one day you will do a horror bracket with that said, I wanted to send you this Blu-ray because Jeremy and hopefully the rest of you need to experience the original Sleepaway Camp. And we did. I do have Sleepaway Camp in the uh, collection at this point. <laughs> Sleepaway <laughs> Camp is there. I need to watch it. Uh, it does Friday the 13th a thousand times better than that movie by having a better shot film, actual teens, and a more off-the-rail story with a spectacular ending. Don't read actual the box. Teens. <laughs> yeah. Don't read the box. You have to see it blind if anything it's a new it's a new uh was a new film for uh chris's collection and of course yes it is there in the collection at this point i have also seen the second the second one now so i've seen the second and the third one but i've never seen the first one the first (laughs) okay (laughs) all right hopefully this won't be like a horrible bosses for you oh no well neither of the second or third impress me much even though i'm told they have like cult followings and that Mm -hmm. uh, there are people that love them yeah, uh, they're they're just poorly acted, in my opinion. Uh, but there's some other things about them I could see why people dig them. But the yeah. first one is supposed to be a classic, and I would like to see it someday. Yeah, I'll have to uh, I'll have to make sure that gets distributed. Uh, and then he uh, wrote another one in May. That was the during times. Uh, uh, Chris, I officially got off of Facebook because it was really bumming me out. No shit. It's no surprise that people are mean, but it was just draining. What you guys do can be perceived as mean by some, but it's always in a certain spirit. Anyways, I just wanted to still stay in, stay in touch and comment the old-fashioned way and continue to support the Sin team. So Very cool. I wanted again so to thank Dominic for sending those in. Yeah. Um, uh, it means a lot to us. And, you know, if you want to send something to us to our P.O. box, we are at uh, Cinema Sins, uh, P.O. box 92466. Nashville, Tennessee, three seven two zero nine. If you ever wanted to send something, the old route. Did yeah, I hear a niner in there? <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did hear a niner. Speaking of which, some members of our team will be getting something in the mail very, very soon. Oh yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. True. Some, some are 
uh, weirder than others. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, uh, mine's not weird. Barrett's and Jeremy's are, are weird. So you guys will love those better <laughs> than mine. <laughs> Mine, mine, mine's just trying to trying to you know say thank you a hundred times, and theirs is you know it's a, it's a surprise. So we're gonna uh, continue to uh, do our um, stage to screen uh, adaptations. We left off um, at the H's uh, last time, and we're gonna go right into Hamlet. Um, Hamlet. So yeah, there's a uh, Zeffirelli version that Mel Gibson was in uh, that Alicia Silverstone references in Clueless. That's probably where you're going. The most famous. That's what most known from, right? It may be at this point. Um, and uh, and then there is the Kenneth Branagh Hamlet. The one that's the one I'm more familiar with. It came out as a 70 millimeter print. Uh, back in 1996, of course, no theater in Nashville could play it properly, but um, uh, but uh, that one is is an extremely lush and and probably overdone version of Hamlet. But I love it. It's uh, uh it's also just on the long side, just a hair, right? It runs like it's four, four hours. hours. Yeah, yeah, just a little four bit. hours long. Yes, uh, and, I remember like, it being like decadent, right? Like I remember feeling like. Uh, I mean, it's gorgeous. I only saw it mm-hmm. one time. Uh, I, I saw it at an age where I don't think I could appreciate Shakespeare fully anyway. Uh, but I do remember it being gorgeous. And uh, I've seen more interpretations of Hamlet that seem more like realistic depictions of the wealth and castles and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure it would be that lush in reality is what I'm really saying. Like, right. he took what a very romanticized of the... view. Of yeah, that. yeah, yeah. What did you think of the uh, Mel Gibson version? I only saw it once. I don't remember anything about it. Oh, really? See, that's that's the one that I'm much more familiar with. And Gibson being Gibson aside, I love it. I absolutely love this performance. I love the color palette. I love his performance. I love Helena Bonham Carter uh, as Ophelia. Uh, the late, great Ian Holm uh, was Polonius mm. in that one. And it's just... I think it's perfectly paced too. It's only 134 minutes. Um, so I don't know, man, I, I, I love the soliloquies that Gibson delivers in this one. He's, you know, he's a, a, a jerk off, but he's also a very good actor. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, yeah. uh, I enjoyed watching it. I, well, I agree have- with you about the, the Branagh version. It's lush and opulent, has a great cast, but it's a little detached. Maybe it's the length. Maybe it's just I think it, it it represents visually how much Branagh loves Hamlet. Like yeah. I think it's an expression of his love for for that work. Uh, I've probably seen Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead five times more than I've seen any Hamlet adaptation. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, and I recently saw that Ophelia movie, which was basically the same thing as Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, only from Hamlet from Ophelia's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I guess if I had to choose between the two major ones, I would choose the Brana version, but I'm, I can't imagine when I would ever sit down to watch that again. Not to say that <laughs> I, I wouldn't enjoy it, but four hours is a slog. Oh, I, I love watching it. it. I love yeah, watching it. It's it, just You can't tear your eyes from that Hamlet. Um, and, well, I mean, it, it is another it's – a, it's a movie you could, in theory, just have on in the background. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's like it's kind of like that if you know you know the story of hamlet pretty well at this point so you don't like have to sit there and 
really, really get into it, but I love that version. There's also the one that won Best Picture that Laurence Olivier was in in 1948. If I recall, that was the one where it was, I think they actually shot that like it was just on stage the whole time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think, um, I think you're right. Olivier, just like uh, Branagh would later, uh, uh, did like all the Shakespeare adaptations back in the day. Um and uh, I believe that's the one where he's on the stage, uh, where it just it's just it's a film stage thing. It's not like what Hamilton does, where uh, you know it's it's got all these different angles and everything. It's pretty much one static shot with them changing backgrounds uh, every once in a while. So mm. uh, that one's also a a good version. I I rather would see a cinematic version, though. To be honest, I know a lot of people like that you know oh what's well, kind of cool they're on the stage it's the way the people would have seen it back in the day you're like well this is a movie <laughs> I want to see, <laughs> see a movie um what uh, did you think of the uh ethan hawk version uh, i'm calling it his version even though he wasn't the director right um yeah i mean i, I remember liking it uh it was a modern version right where yeah. they updated the uh story but but this time there's people using guns and all sorts of stuff. Kind of like, I mean, the, the Baz Lerman, Romeo yeah. and Juliet did that too, where, um, uh, they updated it, but it still felt like it was in the, like, it felt like it was still in the past, even though they yeah. had guns and everything. It's kind of a weird, I don't know, but the, but the, the Ethan Hawke Hamlet is, uh, yeah. An updated thing. I remember it being okay. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, yeah. Uh, I think they kept the language as is, but the, uh, the the setting was modernized. Oh, okay. So the so they still did the the full on Shakespeare. I believe so. I'll have to check on hmm. that. Okay, I thought they had updated the dialogue. I know that uh, was it. Much Ado about nothing. The Joss Whedon that yeah uh, they they kept that uh, the language and then Romeo plus Juliet had the fucking. Hmm. Was there, the there's something classic. that they updated the dialogue? Then I can't remember what that was. Um, the, uh, I haven't seen the uh, Macbeth that. Fassbender did fairly recently. Mm. Have you seen uh, that? Uh, I haven't seen that. Okay. I uh, want to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we have Harvey. Are we talking about Harvey the rabbit? Harvey the rabbit. I have never seen this, believe it or not. Ooh, it's so good. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, this is, I think, Jimmy Stewart at his Jimmy Stewartist. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. even more than It's a Wonderful Life. Um and I didn't know until this fucking podcast, because I'm a troglodyte, uh, that this was based on a play. Um, <laughs> I've always known this as a movie. Um, and uh, he's a guy that has, quote unquote, imaginary friend that is an eight foot tall rabbit named Harvey. And mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty much a given for him. And the movie is more about how everyone else responds once they find out uh and it's classic i think he would enjoy it but uh you know everybody has classics that had slipped through the sands mm. of time <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's very good where did i just hear a harvey the rabbit oh it's in shawshank where he's yeah. uh, talking about the guy he conjured out of thin air and he's no. like you know second cousin <laughs> of harvey the rabbit yep. uh, <clears throat> uh, but no i haven't seen it in probably 20 years but it's one of those my mom showed me at a pretty early age and we watched regularly and uh, it's a gem I actually worked on this play in high school. I was, yeah. uh, Did Tom Hulse put the moves on? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Some, sometimes I was on stage, but most of the time I was uh, backstage doing uh, 
stage work, set work, and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, people who didn't listen last week will be like, what the fuck is going on? What was the Tom Hall thing? What is that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) But yeah, I agree on Harvey. Harvey is awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have a movie I recently saw, probably about oh maybe a year ago, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Ooh, Ooh. this movie you're fucking rules too. John Cameron Mitchell. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and it, yeah, it's got a lot of like awesome uh rock songs in it, man. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's really cool. I'm um, glad you finally saw it. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I saw it. I can't remember how long ago it's been, but uh, it's been now long enough that I. I can't remember the entire story. I know it's a band Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they have their inner struggles and everything as they, as they go around to, uh, clubs and stuff and, uh, and play music and, uh, his angry aunt, he's talking about his penis. Yep. Yep. Um, (laughs) no, seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's the one thing that's keeping him from fully transitioning and part of it involves, let me get my pronoun correct here. It's it's she. I'm going to go with she. It's the only thing that's keeping her from transitioning. Mm-hmm. And part of the uh, the issue is that uh, she became very close with a guy uh, who she was acting kind of as a mentor to, and he ended up stealing her music. And so she's getting pretty pissed and mm-hmm. goes after him and all that stuff. But yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, I remember it being being really good uh, from what I saw. Um but uh, it has been now long enough that I have not, I don't, I didn't retain everything that I saw, mm-hmm. but uh good movie. I uh, would recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, an ideal husband. I never saw this. This was mm-hmm. Rupert Everett. I believe was yeah. in this. Yeah. Is this based on Oscar Wilde? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I never saw this one. Ideal husband. Yes, it was, it was uh, Rupert Everett. Uh, they had one that came out in 1999 and then an adaptation that came out in 2000. So this mm-hmm. is very weird, but uh, yeah, it's based on an Oscar Wilde play. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and it had um, Rupert Everett, and uh, it's funny. The, Rupert Everett is not related to the whole Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney thing, mm-hmm. but he does look <laughs> like them, right? He does. He, I think he's so, been in. He's been in movies they've been in. Like he yes. was in. Um, he was in uh, the uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah, that's <clears throat> the movie that I was trying to think of. The uh, he's in that. So like. So yeah, he he definitely can blend in with those guys. <laughs> um, He's got uh, a good humor. I, I was reading a uh, an article about Dermot Mulroney, uh, and he's got a, a very comic attitude about the whole comparison and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's had quite a career. I mean, like you you were saying when we were talking about living in oblivion, like he's he's done some shit. He's not just a Dermot McDermott. Dermot. <laughs> yeah. I I recently watched Living in Oblivion again. I watched it like a few days ago. I just, I just, I, so I, awesome. I just love, I love that movie so I much. Man. I got, and I was, and I was, uh, I, I, went, I went back and let the commentary roll, listen to Tom DeSello's commentary on it and everything. Nice. nice. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Rupert Everett, if I recall, he was one of the first actors to come out as gay like one of the first like in in the 90s at least yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and and it did sort of derail his career a little bit just a little bit at that time because people still weren't quite ready but i i'm sure there are people who look to R- rupert everett as as sort of a hero type uh, uh back in the 90s because he 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 just came right out and said yeah <laughs> what, what's the big deal mm-hmm. <laughs> you know Mm-hmm. Um, 
What's but a big I have never deal, s- bitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I haven't seen I- an ideal husband. I need to see it. Um, then we have this is a movie. Oh my god, this is really good shit. Uh, Denny Villeneuve's Incendies, uh, yeah. which I'm probably uh, I'm probably mispronouncing in some way. Uh, it might be Incendious uh, or something like that, but um, um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's about these this brother and sister twins who uh, have to go and research their family history and everything, and it's one of those movies that uh, has a lot of uh, you know surprises and and there's a lot of things where you don't think they're going to be able to find certain things out. And, uh, you know, they keep finding these little loose threads and everything. And, um, this movie's really good. I haven't seen it since what it, whenever we were going through the Denny Villeneuve stuff, uh, <laughs> whenever arrival came out, I believe is when I saw this because I went through all of his whole filmography at the time, enemy and, uh, all of those, but prisoners, uh, yeah, prisoners. If I remember correctly, though, this was I would put this in his top two or three. Really, uh, really, yeah, watch this. It's wow. that good. All right, it's All right. that good. It's weird uh, because this was 2010. I thought that was probably his first feature, mm-hmm. but he had. Uh, I don't know if these were over in France, but uh, uh, he had done three before that. Starting, well, I think in he's 98. from Canada. He's French Canadian. Oh, okay. Um, oh, but... those tricky French Canadians. You, you speak French. You never think Canadians. Right. It's only that one province. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I tried to watch some of the stuff before that, but I couldn't find them. Uh, like, I think it was Polytechnique. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I don't know about the others. but uh, Maelstrom and August 32nd. I, I've seen everything from Incendies or Incendies or whatever, however you pronounce this. But uh, if I recall correctly, this I remember at the end of this movie just going, yep, that's that's a great fucking movie. All right. Um, that's next on the list then. And you guys need to watch it for sure. Um, oh. I did not know this was a stage play at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm equally as troglodytish as Jeremy is. <laughs> I'm not going to um, try to pronounce the playwright. It's a W A J D I. It's the first name. Yeah. I don't know, know how to touch that. No idea, but it's a great movie. I need to wa- rewatch it because I remember it being that good. Then we have uh, Moulin Rouge. Okay. Um, Moulin yeah. Rouge. This is a serpentine way of getting to the source material. I saw this movie, this play called Lady of the Camellias. Okay. Okay. It was written by uh, Alexander Dumbass. Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> that has like 15 different adaptations. Okay. Including La Traviata, mm-hmm. uh, the, the opera. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, I talk about feeling like a troglodyte. I was like, how the fuck do I not know what this is? As I'm reading the description, first of all, I've seen La Traviata. Uh, and I was like, hey, that sounds familiar. But then also... It's uh, it's about a courtesan uh, who wears a white flower when she's able to make the love and then mm-hmm. a red flower when she's doing the menstruating. So mm. she's un- unavailable. Mm. And but she's a courtesan and, and she falls in love. And, and the guy it's it's Moulin Rouge. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see it on the, the, the front facing thing. So I did some digging, and it is indeed the inspiration for Moulin Rouge. Oh. La Dame aux Camellias. Camellias. That so and a, you don't have to put on the red flower, Roxanne? 
No, yeah. white flour. <laughs> white flour. Um, it, it also uh, based upon tons of uh, popular songs uh, that uh, that proliferated in the past uh, forty years or so. Got oh, into yeah. this movie, uh, and um, uh, I think uh, one of the weird. This is one of those weird Academy things. Uh, there are a couple of original songs in there, like "Come What May." is is uh is original but he originally wanted to put that in romeo and juliet hmm. and apparently it was written for that and because even though that it was never in that movie could not be considered for the oscars in 2001 oh bass 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 uh so i i take it barrett you dislike this movie I very much dislike this movie i don't even know why i dislike this movie i think it's it's too hyperkinetic for me is the Dumb answer. Mm-hmm. The it, it, there's and there's also some sort of artifice on this that I can't put my finger on. Mm-hmm. I don't really believe. I I do love Ewan McGregor's performance. And matter of fact, his vocal performance is is surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't I didn't buy the chemistry between he and Satine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's Nicole Kidman's fault. I don't know if it's the director's fault. I mean, it's nobody's fault. It's if these two people don't seem like they should be together at all on screen, then you're never going to buy it. You know? Yeah. So. But this is one of those times where I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I think I'm the only person that genuinely dislikes this movie. I think everybody else uh, either finds it pleasant or really, really digs it. Uh, I do like the Lady Marmalade song, mm-hmm. even though little Kim just kind of grunts her way through it. And I don't mm-hmm. know why Missy Misdemeanor is there. Yeah. But anyway. Um, but, she's the producer. Duh. I don't, I don't know think she true. is a producer. No, it's probably not. Um, <clears throat> what I wanted to add is this. John Leguizamo is creepy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Like in but real I don't, life or I just I don't in this just movie? mean in this movie. No, I'm just kidding. Um, in this movie, I genuinely like... Uh, John Leguizamo, but in this movie, I find him like nails on a chalkboard. Uh, yeah, he kind of <laughs> is. Yeah, to lose. Uh, yeah, but but Zoe, Zoe, <laughs> hey, this does not uh, go to the to the themes of love and blah blah blah. La Bohème. <laughs> um, I love this movie, but I totally see what Barrett is saying about about it because I think that if I had seen Moulin Rouge in 2010. I would uh, have been completely different about the the way this was presented and everything because it is it's hyper edited, it's over the top that Baz Luhrmann <laughs> style that he puts in all those things. Uh, it, it especially at the beginning, man, it goes it's just too much sometimes. But yeah. I love the love story, even though maybe you and McGregor and Nicole Kidman aren't the best matches and everything, but. Um, I love that love story and I love, I love the whole, uh, them sneaking around and putting the, uh, putting, um, the parallels into their own musical, uh, from real life and everything. Um, and, uh, I, I really, I really dug it. And I, and, and at the end when they sing, you know, come what may and all that, I'm, 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 I'm there for it, man. Uh, one of my favorite trailers of all time, too. Mm, by yeah, the way. Uh, yeah. There are two. Tra- there are two trailers for Moulin Rouge, but the one that's got the the music that's like that song, whatever that is, <laughs> that's the trailer. <laughs> I love that trailer so much. I did want to um, go over to the Moulin Rouge when I was uh, in Paris, but we didn't yeah. get a chance to go over there. 
but man, they advertise the fuck out of that place. Yeah, they do. Well, like I bet since the movie, it's like a tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. And uh, mm-hmm. I I don't think Nicole Kidman gets fucked one time. <laughs> I should probably say that less crude. <laughs> so true. I don't think Nicole Kidman for a courtesan. She's a hua. She should be getting. She should be getting. Fucked she doesn't like sleep with the, time, the right? with the colonel or whatever his fucking name is. They, they don't show it. Dash. Okay, so the mustache. The, cur- the, the dude. Uh, I think she doesn't. Well, she does keep finding ways to put it off. Is yeah. is uh and and so like there's even a point where uh there's the the last ditch effort so that she never sleeps with him. There's a point where Broadbent comes out and he's like, She's confessing and you know, and she's like she's like, She wants to be pure for your wedding night. She wants to be like a virgin. And of course they get into like a virgin yeah, right yeah. after that. Uh, which is not the best, the strongest moment of the movie. <laughs> um, I maybe, you know, I think that maybe putting my finger on it is why there's a, a level of artifice is that I don't believe that she's a hua. Okay. Okay. I get that. I get that. Um, and she's a fellow Nashville native. I'll have you, I'll have you know. She is indeed. That's right. We don't talk about Nashville natives that way, except Marsha <laughs> Blackburn. Um, <laughs> Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, I have Ooh. seen both the Kenneth Branagh version of this and the Joss Whedon. Uh, I love that first Much Ado About Nothing, that uh, that Kenneth Branagh version, except for Keanu Reeves. <laughs> what, what did you think of the Joss Whedon version? Oh, that was delightful. I love yeah. Amy Acker. I just, I, she she's not nearly enough stuff, but... Um, but this, that first one's got Emma Thompson. It's got Denzel mm-hmm. Washington in it. It's uh, Kenny B. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I remember that one being really good. Um, both of them I haven't seen in forever though. I, uh, I saw much ado about nothing at the bell court when it came out. Uh, I believe it was in 1993. Um, and, uh, the, uh, the Joss Whedon I saw when it was about around the time it came out, uh, too. And, but uh, it's it's one of Shakespeare's funnier plays. It's uh, so good. It's, well, and it's uh, also uh, the basis for Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's oh, it's very amazing. Much so. and talk about the opposite of Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman, uh, Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh. Of course, they they got together in real life. Mm-hmm. They have palpable chemistry. Yeah. And, I was absolutely in love with Emma Thompson at this point. Like yeah, she was, man. had this golden skin mm-hmm. and it was just the most beautiful woman I had ever seen in my entire uh, life. Yeah. I love me some Emma Thompson, especially I love in that me era. some golden skin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and golden showers. That's right. <laughs> I've got a golden ticket. <laughs> this is the dirtiest episode in a while. It is. <laughs> Um, oh, and uh, Michael Keaton's in there. He's the uh, the traveling uh, guy, right? He's oh, like the, the traveling the traveling secretary, assistant to the traveling secretary. <laughs> he's no, he's the constable. Uh, but yeah, he's in the Denzel is so good. Kate Beckinsale, uh, Denzel. Did you say that Denzel was not as good in this as I thought, Jeremy? I only saw it once. Uh, he was not the thing that stood out to me, but this is also about. 10 years before I decided he was the greatest actor living. So I need, <laughs> they need to revisit it. 
Oh, and uh, Robert Sean Leonard uh, of House fame mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. Dead Poets mm-hmm. Society mm-hmm. fame. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and to, to Dead Poets Society, he does another Shakespeare play. He does. God, it's been I Summer Night's to, Dream. Yep. I want to watch this movie again right now. He gets now. to play Puck! He got to play Puck! <laughs> <laughs> he got to play Puck! All right, everybody, it is time to talk about Better Help. Yeah! Yeah! i tell you what, man. I can't think of a better business to exist during this time than better help. I mean, everybody's going to telehealth. I'm getting from every one of my doctors, I'm getting emails and texts and stuff like that saying, we need to do this as a telehealth experiment or uh, appointment instead of, uh, you know, in person and better help has, has already been miles ahead of them uh, when it comes to, to online counseling uh, so much so that they're recruiting new counselors right now. Over a million people have joined. Um, I know my therapist is is really at capacity. I was very, very lucky to get in when I did. Uh, and man, I need this stuff. I need this stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> now. A, I, d- I may not have needed it five years ago, but I need this stuff now. And it is helping and I can imagine it's helping millions of people right now. Yeah, and I get at least two messages every week or so on one or another platforms of people saying, "Hey, I finally signed up for BetterHelp. It went mm. great." Um, and you know, <clears throat> therapy is scary for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Uh, but <clears throat> a lot of what's scary is going to a, a foreign environment that you don't feel safe in. Um, <clears throat> you, your therapy is about opening up and sharing some of your deepest feelings and fears. And, you know, it would be easier to do that from the comfort of your own couch than from, you know, a sterile feeling, you know, office. Uh, So that's a barrier for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Another barrier for a lot of people is just straight up distance. Um, You know, the nearest therapist near me, if you're, if you're a rural um, person, you know, your nearest therapist may be three hour drive away. And that's just Mm -hmm. not practical for a lot of people. So better help, it fills a lot of needs um, to get people into counseling and uh, in this time, during this pandemic. Well, yeah, exactly. That's During this time, it could not be more perfect. Uh, it does jump all those hurdles that you are talking about, but also it has the benefit of not putting you in any danger at all. Um, you know, it's it, it's been really a lifesaver for a lot of people. Uh, all you do is you log on. You answer a few questions. They match you to a counselor um, and sometimes in your area and you're off and running. Like within 24 hours, I heard back from my Ann, <laughs> my Ann. Uh, uh, and you know, it's worked out great. If it doesn't work out great, you can change counselors. Uh, that's one of the, biz- uh, the benefits they have. Um, so betterhelp.com slash syncast gets you 10% off your first month which is significant. Um, if you have issues with money, let them know. Don't let that be an impediment. Uh, this is one of our favorite services. Uh, sign up if you need to, betterhelp.com slash sendcast. The next one on here is The Lion in Winter, which I believe I've seen, but man, do I not remember anything about it. Oh, really? <laughs> Lion in yeah. Winter is so Pedro good. Tool. Yep. Catherine Hepburn, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. I've never. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't remember anything about this. I saw this on movie actually. Um, oh yeah, it was. Uh, it's so good. Peter O'Toole, Anthony Hopkins. 
is is kind of menacing in this. Catherine Hepburn is fucking hilarious in this movie. Oh yeah. Uh Timothy Dalton is in this. Peter O'Toole is playing Ken Henry the Ken Henry? King yeah. Henry the the second. Ken Henry um, was his brother. It's basically uh <laughs> set in a very <laughs> set in a very specific location over Christmas. Uh, so you could see it being very play like. Uh but man, it's awesome. I think it won Academy Awards, yeah. Hepburn won for Best Actress. Um, Was this the uh, one where Hepburn and Streisand got, they tied? Is that yeah, the one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. Yeah. Uh, this movie is awesome. I cannot recommend it enough. I'll have to either watch for the first time or rewatch this <laughs> for the first time in many, many years uh, soon. Um, Little Shop of Horrors. This movie came on uh, the other night. I was watching parts of the beginning of it. Uh, this movie is just fun. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, just, uh, you know, Rick Moranis back in his heyday, uh, and a lot of just like, uh, wonderful guest, uh, appearances in, in Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, they they, they run this flower shop and it's a flower shop that doesn't have any, doesn't pull in any customers at all, really. But Rick Moranis goes to some place and, uh, goes to some, like it's it, like in the eighties, it was always people going to some, like, like going to Chinatown or something. Yes. And, and, and they would always find these exotic thing. Like, you know, they'd find the Mogwai or they'd find, you know, or, and in this case, he, he finds this, uh, this, uh, this plant and, uh, and he, and he put the plant in the shop and suddenly everybody wants to come into this flower shop because that plant is so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, they realize they have to feed this plant constantly, uh, or else it'll die. And they don't realize that it's a man eating plant. Uh, it's, uh, oh yeah, but it's such a fun, I mean, it's so offbeat and everything. I've only seen the Frank Oz 1980s, uh, version of this. I have never seen the other one that came out before this that I believe Jack Nicholson was in (laughs) for a minute. Is I he the God, like dentist the, or whatever? No, he's the he's the Bill Murray character. He's the the guy who really wants <laughs> a, a long, painful root canal. Like he's into that kind of thing. He's into it. He's into he's it. But into it, it's it. hilarious. <laughs> we were talking about this on Slack. Uh, all of the the marketing, like the front of the DVD, like it's all Jack Nicholson, and like you know, you can see a shot of the plant, but he's in it for literally like twelve seconds. Actually, Arthur Denton is the guy getting the stuff from the dentist, is what you're saying. The uh, Steve Martin in the '80s version is the dentist, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and who's the dentist in the 1960 version? Dude, there's a lot because it's a uh, it's uh, the guy who d- directed a bunch of Roger Corman. It's a mm-hmm. Roger Corman uh, directing. Yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of like names that I didn't recognize. You would think there would be more though, like from coming from the Roger Corman house, like a lot mm-hmm. of the like big actors got their first, uh, their, their start in those movies, uh, on to looking for Richard. I saw this way back in the day. Oh, uh, it's a documentary. Cool. Yeah. It's a documentary <laughs> slash adaptation of Richard the third. Like it's both, both is happening at the same time. Uh, <laughs> um, it's Al Pacino is uh, trying to, uh, t- trying to stage this and you, and you see him working with his actors and his, and all of the actors talk about like, well, this is how you're supposed to say this line because 
you know, like there's a point where I can't remember who it is, uh, who is, who's, uh, like whenever they, they're talking about, like, I take this crown off of my head. You're supposed, you know, he's like explaining, here's how you're supposed to say this, because what he's actually saying is when I said, when he says crown, he's actually mm. talking about his head and yeah, he's talking yeah, about yeah. removing his head yeah. and everything. Um, uh, but you see these actors and their processes or processes, uh, as they, as they, as they were about to stage this Richard the third, of course, Al Pacino is playing, uh, Richard the third in the, in the, uh, in the adaptation. Yeah. You'll, you'll miss my blind dancing and you'll miss my hoo and you'll miss, <laughs> do you I ever think, see the critic? This is a uh, fascinating movie. Uh, there's, there's a ton of people in this. They interview Vanessa Redgrave, Kenneth Branagh, Derek Jacoby, uh, mm-hmm. James Earl Jones, and Kevin Klein. But the people in the cast are like Kevin Spacey and Winona Ryder and Alec Baldwin, Aiden Quinn, stuff like that. So it's it's terrific actors dissecting what it means to act this play, one of the most famous plays of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's Pacino really in his prime, uh, along with, you know, we'll take the the baggage out of it, but Kevin Spacey in his prime, uh, Alec Baldwin. I mean, this is just a very cool look at acting, the process of acting. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I would recommend watching this. I need to see this again, actually. Yeah, it's cool. Um, Then there is Othello and also, Oh, both of them (laughs) are Othello adaptations. Um, But uh, I never saw the Branna Othello that has Lawrence Fishburne in it. Uh, Oh, Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let me tell you this. This is the Kenneth Branagh Shakespeare adaptation that I love. Um, His performance as Iago is fucking electric. Yeah. Um, And I've seen this three times. Uh, Fishburne's great. Everybody's great. Uh, But it's Branagh himself as an actor in this that I have never seen him this much on fire or in tune. There's something about that character that connects to his core. Well, he, he gets to be evil. He, he never gets to be evil. Yeah. Yeah. That and may now be he it. gets to be evil. So he's like, that yeah, baby. <laughs> I remember watching. Okay. So we went, this is me, Josh in late college, late college years where we went, you know, Kenneth Braun and Emma Thompson were together and Braun was doing all these Shakespeare things. So we watched them all. Uh, and this was the one where we were like blown away the most. So it, because I know you love Hamlet so much and his other adaptations, I would put this on your list pretty high. I think you would love it. Uh, I want to watch it again right now. He was, he was, I've never seen him like that. So. Well, I definitely want to see this then. Uh, the, uh, the 2001, Oh, Tim Blake Nelson directed. What the fuck uh, is that all about, by the yeah, way? Yeah, I know. It had Mackay Pfeiffer and Julia Stiles in it. And President Bartlett is the basketball coach. <laughs> That's right. Mackay Pfeiffer is the star basketball player. And it's it's the I guess it's the story of Othello, but it's very modern. Now, this this may be where they updated the dialogue and everything. It oh, wasn't yeah. Shakespeare oh, yeah. and everything. This may have been one of the one that I'm thinking of. Uh, because this one doesn't do Shakespearean stuff. Well, they, they definitely did because there's a lot of dialogue about basketball yeah. straight up. Here. <laughs> yeah, and I know that wasn't in the Shakespeare version. Yeah, this is also one of my all-time favorite. Watching a Thursday night preview with Chris moments uh, <laughs> when our friend Russell made the uh, most inappropriate joke ever. Well, you remember this, Chris? I don't when remember the joke. They're having sex. He goes to have sex with their. And oh, I know what you're the saying. The scene gets dark I know because 
it, the sex gets rough, and I'm not making light of that, but when they start having sex, uh, our friend Russell said, I'm giving you a back rub from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten that was, he had said that in that after, movie. This was a great night. This was one of my favorite nights, because we watched, uh, we watched uh, Jeepers Creepers Yeah, first, and yeah. then we went down and watched O oh, in uh, 17 after that, and it was a riot fest that whole night. Um, yeah. The movie O, oh, I actually saw this again about three or four months ago. It's not very good. No, it's um, not. And uh, I would definitely point you towards the Branna version um, yeah. or Julia Stiles, much better modern Shakespeare movie, which we already talked about. Ten things I hate about you. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, Josh Hartnett just doesn't compare Josh Hartnett. I'm sure he's a very talented actor, but as the same character as Kenneth Branagh <laughs> mm-hmm. and and you can see how the, the scales are going to tip. He, he just can't keep up with the evilness uh, oh, no. of the character. Even though he kills everybody. Oh, yeah. There's spoiler. <laughs> there's death. Spoiler. Also, there's that song. Oh, Ophelia. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Um, then we have The Odd Couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau. Um, uh, I, this is good. I, I, haven't seen it, I haven't seen this in forever, but uh, Matthau and Lemmon were a great team. They were a great mm-hmm. comedy team. Um uh they i think they ended up in maybe seven movies or so together of course culminating with grumpy and grumpier old men uh later on but they were in the odd couple and they were in a few others um incidentally they were both in jfk but not together (laughs) were they in the my fellow americans or was that james garner that was james garner and jack lemon yeah okay Uh, you know, it might as well have been math out, but, uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I remember the odd couple being good. Now this is, I believe I'm hoping I'm getting the story right. They, they live in the same apartment and Walter Matthau is the, like, he's the guy who wants to get girls for the night and everything. And Jack Lemon is the, like, I want to stay at home and not worry about, you know, dating and, you know, well, he's uh, a neat freak too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but, and I think he's in love with somebody else or something. I can't even remember if he's in love with somebody else in this, but yeah, uh, I remember this being good. I just don't remember everything about it. Well, the, the, this thing's been done so many times. I mean, it was a Neil Simon play. Mm-hmm. Then they did the 1968 version, which is the one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then everything from two and a half men to like, a million different odd couples have been. Well, yeah, and the TV series that had Tony Randall and Jack exactly. Klugman in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, and, the, and then the TV series that had uh, Matthew Perry a couple Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight and years yeah, Lennon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I remember that being a really good movie. I haven't seen it in forever, though. Uh, Romeo and Juliet, uh, you uh, cite the 1968 Zeffirelli. I've seen that. We saw that. In high school. I Me saw too. Me too. I saw that as do. a freshman in high school. And I was like, whoa, this movie's <laughs> kind of racy yeah. for, for high school. There's some nudity in this. Yeah, that's what yeah, I thought. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the uh, Baz Luhrmann one came out in 96, a more modern version of it, and <laughs> which, uh, which Hot Fuzz sends up pretty great yeah. in, <laughs> in, in one scene. Um uh, I'm trying to remember if I've seen any other versions of this though. I don't think I have. Like I don't you think know, I, I mean, we've seen a lot um, of. 
There's one a few years back with Haley Steinfeld that I saw. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was okay, uh, but not very good. Um, yeah. I, listen, I'm just going to go on the record. I hate Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> the story? The, the, in general, I hate most everything about it. Like fucking hormonal 13-year-olds killing themselves because they think they're in love. It's yeah. like... It's fucked up. Um, <clears throat> I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy uh, many adaptations of it. And uh, there well, you go. Did you like the 96 Baz Luhrmann one? Well, yeah, because Claire Danes was in oh, it. Oh, because you got mm-hmm. your crush in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love the story because I, unlike you, Jeremy, love romance. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I loathe the Romeo plus Juliet version with all of my being i think which, it's, which one is that it's the, uh, the, the with the plus and the the claire danes and the Baz Luhrmann. with the plus <laughs> you hate that version i hate that version it's even like, leo you don't think leo's any good i mean I, I guess it's just filmed in such a it's 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 like my problems with moulin rouge on steroids so maybe you don't like Baz Luhrmann. no i hate that guy I, that <laughs> I don't like his movies. Actually, the Gatsby one was all right, but I hate <laughs> the I worst hate... one. Yeah. Well, I know, I know. You got. Um, you should see Strictly Ballroom. I think you'd like Strictly Ballroom. Yeah, I, I think you would like Strictly that one. Ballroom. Um, but uh, I, I, I liked, I liked the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet, except for a few things. Uh, I don't. I, and I, and and other than seeing that other version, the Zeffirelli version, and uh, the in high school, I don't remember too much about that, but. Uh, I I I generally like the story too, but you know, Jeremy, I don't think you're alone on this whole thing. I heard somebody else say this about this play. Like it's even though that person liked Shakespeare, like the th- the fact that it's thirteen year olds, yeah. like I'm gonna <laughs> die if I don't ever see you again. Yeah. That's like, how you know, love is, man. You Star Wars lovers. That's partially responsible for why modern teenagers get so like over emotional. I mean, I'm sure teenagers have always done it, but you read Romeo and Juliet in sixth fucking grade. And you're like, you're being told, well, you can't be with the one you love. Here's your suicide option. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. you go on, you know, one lunch date with a girl you don't even hold hands with. And you're like, I love her. I love her. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost like if you did it exactly like that, it would be, it would be even it'd be dark and shocking if you had made it like, kids at a high like a, at a middle school who were oh, like yes. shared an apple together and they are like dating that yes. day yes. and then like suddenly like their families are like no you know you don't mess around with city folk and like then it's <laughs> and, and then and then they kill each other over it that would be like just but you know the thing is about the play is that you sort of forget that they're that young yeah like i don't yeah. know what it is i don't know what it is about it but i always like they tell you right off the bat these are how young these kids are but you forget completely about that by the time the gets to the middle of it or whatever how old uh was claire danes you think when when she filmed this because she uh, was she young, was right? so she, she was, was born in 79 so it when it was filming she was probably 16 yeah okay. maybe even 15 and leo is um, a, a little bit older right yeah leo would have been 22 when the movie came out um but uh yeah um talk about creepy leguizamo by the way <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like everybody's delivering their lines in a shout at a shout level in this movie and nobody dials it back nobody romeo dials it back. 
Thou art a villain. <laughs> um, Fuck this movie. Prelude to a kiss. Oh my I've god! I've never this seen movie this. Can eat my ass! <laughs> oh my god! This movie can eat my ass. I agree. I eat agree. it hard. This movie is fucked up. There's a body switching, and then. <laughs> A very, very, very uncomfortable kiss that I have nightmares about, and it's not, it has nothing to do with the genders of those involved. Uh, it has much more to do with the ages of those involved. Um, God, I, I saw this movie once and I was angry. Angry. It's a Baldwin, it's Alec Baldwin. And uh, we could Kissing 12. like a 90 year old man. Yeah, of course, because Meg because Ryan has Meg Ryan in, in her. <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That's literally the plot. Yes, it's fucked up. There's a body switching. <laughs> I like how that's how it starts off. She this wants movie to can eat my ass. There's a body switching. <laughs> I hate this movie. I hate it. I too. never saw it. Oh, I watched it because it was Alec Baldwin and Meg Ryan, and yeah. like what twenty percent through the movie, like she's in the old man, right? Yeah, God, it's fucking God. Just no. <laughs> Don't even. Don't uh, even. How is that a play? How is that a play? And I how mean, did it's it get all such right in success the... that somebody said, let's turn that into a movie? Everyone needs to see that visual. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't One know. of the movies that seems to cross over a lot into all the different uh, things that we talk about. Pygmalion and My Fair Lady. Um, do we have anything new to report about these two things? Uh, My Fair Lady. Uh, I haven't seen... Um, I'm not sure if I've seen My Fair Lady in forever. I don't think I have anything new to say. It seems like My Fair Lady is always on one of those vintage movie channels. Yeah. It's always on because it's so mm-hmm. long. Like it, it just plays on a loop. Literally. And whenever it's on, I'll probably check out 30 minutes of it or so because Audrey Hepburn is delightful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ow! Ow! That's how she. That's how she shrieks in the beginning. When she uh, then there is Rent. Um, oh, Rent. The uh, so I believe Christopher Columbus made this uh, in 2005, uh, based on the hit play, uh, and it has nearly the entire original cast in it. Um, I can't remember who couldn't make it into this cast, or if they added people. But they like added. Rosario Dawson is a new is a new somebody to this. And I don't know who was originally in it, but um, uh, this is the, of course, this is the play that uh, team America is making fun of at the beginning, uh, yeah. you know, where they're doing that lease thing and, uh, <laughs> and uh, everybody's got AIDS. Well, it is an AIDS story. It's a AIDS, movie. AIDS, that it's AIDS. a, yep. It's a, it's a, it's a story about dealing with that and, you know, life and love. And it's kind of, isn't it based a little bit on Lobo M? Like it's got a little bit of Lobo M in it. Yeah, mm. I think so. Uh, I mean, this, as big as Hamilton is right now, I think it's just maybe 15% bigger than how big Rent was. And People Rent was forget everywhere. how big Rent was. Yeah. I mean, it was huge. In fact, we played the soundtrack on loop because my manager, at the theater was a fan uh, before a movie version was ever even discussed. I knew all those songs that I don't know what the lyrics now anymore. This was 30 years ago. Give me a break. Uh, But uh, I loved the music. It was huge. It was near Hamilton. Huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's awesome. This is a great adaptation. Now they didn't do what they did with Hamilton. They didn't film it on the stage. They had sets and everything, but Adam Rapp, Anthony Rapp, 
who you probably unfortunately heard about in the news uh, fairly recently. Well, because of Kevin Spacey, not because of anything. Not he because did. of anything he did. Yes, <laughs> yeah. he was. He was one of the victims in the Kevin Spacey. He was thing. the. I think he was the first person who came out about that. Um, yeah, and that's that, why. That's when uh, Spacey responded by outing himself. You remember yeah. those? Yeah, he's, he like said, weirdest... he said, oh yeah, by the way, I'm gay. I've been living a great gay life and see ya. And like, well, yeah. no, that's not what it was about, asshole. Right. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> right. Uh, um, Menzel, uh, Frozen's Adina Menzel mm-hmm. is in this and she is a firecracker. She's bisexual yeah. and she's, she's, uh, she's fucking Adam, Anthony Rapp at the beginning. And then she switches sides and, and fucks, uh, Tracy Toms. And they end up having a wonderful tango. Uh, mm-hmm. with each other, Anthony Rapp's character and Tracy Tom's character. Mm-hmm. It's called the Tango Maureen. Yeah, and you have Tay Diggs in this. Tay Tay. Oh, he's uh he's in his he it's his original um uh he was in his original character and everything. Uh, but yeah, I haven't seen this uh movie since it came out. Uh, two thousand five, of course, is one of those uh, years that I I push everything to the uh. <laughs> into the recesses of my mind but uh i remember this being actually pretty good though oh yeah I um it. and uh and uh, of course i have stated that i saw this off broadway with drew lachey mm-hmm. <laughs> drew lachey played mm-hmm. the uh <laughs> i mean uh, and you said he was um, good right yeah it was it was it was it was fun man it was fun all right, everybody. It's time to talk about cereal box. Cereal box, yeah, yeah baby. Yeah, not the not the, it's S E R I A L, not cereal as in like you know life and uh, fruity pebbles and stuff like that. <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> Is life the one that Mikey liked? Yeah, Mikey liked it. Yeah, oh. he's the guy who died from the pop rocks and the coke. <laughs> Yeah, well, now the, nowadays Mikey is a girl, so right, and right, right. she knows enough not to mix Pop Rocks and Coke, <laughs> even though that's an urban legend that never happened. Yeah, it never happened. I'm glad that this got into the cereal box ad, by the way. <laughs> I, I totally blame myself. Um, anyway, um, yeah, cereal box. Uh, I uh, Last week I was talking about an Arthur C. Clarke short story that I – uh, listen to slash read while uh, it was uh, going on. And that's the great thing is that you can, you know, you can uh, hear a narrator uh, tell the story while you get to read it on screen. If you, if you prefer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one that I started recently is uh, the Jessica Jones Marvel. Uh, 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 it's like a detective novel mm-hmm. uh, uh, thing that's on there right now. And uh, they have released, I don't know how many chapters. I've gotten through four of them so far. Uh, but uh, they, they release a new chapter every week. And, and, and one thing that I love about the, like, the Marvel Universe is that it's not just the big, huge, like, we're going to save the world superheroes. You have those other ones, like Daredevil and Jessica mm-hmm. Jones and The Punisher and, uh, and Luke Cage and all these guys. And, uh, and Jessica, the Jessica Jones one... It's cool because her powers are like sort of a secondary part of the story that you're reading. Uh, it's a, it's really a detective story when it comes mm. down to it. Um, and uh, it's about a it's about uh, a father who comes in and asks her, like you know, to find find his son and uh, who 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 turned up missing uh, when he went to the airport. 
And, uh, and so like she goes in, she goes in and, uh, uh, you know, has to like ask a bunch of questions and stuff like that. But I love getting into detective stuff and it's, it's fun. Just the, the, the powers in the, in the, in this book are just incidental. They're secondary. They're like, hmm. oh, people just have powers. We know that. That's fine. <laughs> so, you know, people aren't all Captain America and, and you know, and Thor and everything. There's some other other guys out there that are doing, I guess, quote unquote, menial jobs and everything. And hmm. I really, I'm really enjoying what I'm hearing so far out of the Jessica Jones one. I, this week, went with a short story uh, as opposed to uh, a serialized uh, piece of fiction. And I went with Arthur C. Arthur C. Clarke's The Possessed. Oh, um, I listen to that. Yeah, you, know, you have listened to this um, in the best way possible. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what happened. In this. <laughs> um, there are times that I felt like it was it, it was giving me hints of uh, creation story. There were times mm-hmm. I felt like it was uh, similar to the beginning of Prometheus, the movie. Um, it is about a <clears throat> a group, a swarm that has had their own planet destroyed, and they go out looking for a new planet. Um, what they want to do is find a life form that they can then inhabit and groom to intelligence. Uh, and they find a planet that some of them think will work. Uh, and so they split up half of them decide to search this planet for some kind of life form. And the rest of the swarm goes on seeking, um, a better planet. And those that stay behind, um, Every year, come annually to this one spot, the point of rendezvous where they were dropped off on this planet, um, hoping that the rest of the swarm will return. Um, to tell you anything else would be to rob you of uh, the what I thought was quite enjoyable what the fuckery um, <laughs> that happens at the end of this. And uh, again, it's a short story. Uh, I think it's like a 15 minute listen, mm-hmm. uh, even shorter if you read fast like I do. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed it. You summed that up better than I could, by the way, because I was at times extremely lost. It's a, I mean, it's part of it is the way he writes, man. Like he writes yeah. in such his his writing is like curtains you can kind of see through, but <laughs> can't if that makes <laughs> yeah. sense. Like yeah. the the prose is very dense. That's awesome, man. This is an app you can get it on uh, all the mobile devices. Download it through uh, Google. Or uh, Apple, wherever you get apps, the app stores there. Or you can go uh, to serialbox.com slash syncast, uh, serialbox, S E R I A L, uh, box.com slash syncast, and that gets you 40% off select titles. And that Ooh. is, that's a lot. That's, mm-hmm. that's 40%. That and is. It, it'll tell you that, that uh, we sent you. And uh, yeah, you can, uh, you'll, you'll enjoy the service. I've actually, dived into what Chris was talking about the last week. There's a bunch of Arthur C. Clarke shorts on there. Mm-hmm. And man, those take no time uh, to grab you and then let you go <laughs> to listen to. Uh, you can burn through a lot of them really quickly. And they're fascinating. The guy was so ahead of his time. The stories are unique. I, I'm going to immerse myself in that world more. So go to serialbox.com slash syncast or if you download it on the mobile devices, uh, use the redeeming code SINCAST. SINCAST. Mm, mm, that code Do is that. very redeeming. <clears throat> yes. Very redeeming. 40% off select titles. And they'll know that we sent you. And uh, yes, it's it's good. It's good. It's good things. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm. And I did not realize that there was a play. 
I did not. Yeah, I didn't either. Actually, it's called the Rocky Horror Show, and it was uh, it was done two years before the uh, movie came out. I can't mm-hmm. imagine anybody except for Tim Curry playing that that character. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, early Susan Sarandon. Uh, uh, I don't know mm. if she had she was super. Yeah, I didn't know if she was super known at that time. Uh, Meatloaf is in it, um, uh, but. Uh, I don't know the full story of how Rocky Horror Picture Show became the sort of the midnight movie phenomenon that it became. Uh, If it was like The Room where it came out and nobody gave a shit about it, but then just a few dedicated people saw it and said, this is fantastic and everything. It's got its own basically like make fun of its script. That's that's like essentially written down. Like you, like you were expected when you watch Rocky horror picture show to make fun of it the same way as everybody else does. Uh, Whereas I feel like the room was always sort of like an open-ended type of thing. There's things that you make fun of, but you can always make your own shit up and everything. But Rocky horror picture show has got its, got its beats in it that you, you know, you say your own shit. Uh, say, I mean, you say the shit that's, that is canon for making fun of it. Have you ever been to one of those shows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That used to be a big thing, uh, at my high school, uh, back in, uh, uh, back in the day, I did not go nearly as much as some of my friends did. Uh, I went maybe twice, uh, but that was almost an, a regular weekly thing for some people I knew. Yeah. We go to Franklin Cinema and watch that on Saturday night, and uh, dress up and uh, and do the whole the whole thing. The time work, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I only went because of a girl, uh, mm-hmm. and she got all dolled up. I wasn't even going to dress up, but she was like, "Yes, you have to, or I'm not doing what I what you want me to do." <laughs> <laughs> so I dressed up. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I probably I probably could have said that better. You think? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen one of these, Jeremy? Uh, no, I've never seen uh, the movie. I've never been to a live showing, and uh, you've never seen the movie. No, it doesn't hold much interest to me. Huh. I don't know. I don't know why. I've also never seen the room, so there's that. <laughs> well, yeah, I Rocky think that's more of an active show. choice right now. <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show, I don't think is super long, but it feels like it's two and a half hours. It sure <laughs> does. It sure does. I have never, I've never been that into it. Like that's one of those, that's one of those movies that I'm like, okay, I get it. I get why people are into it, and the songs are really fun. But man, I just I, every time I've gone and I've you know people are having fun, they're doing doing all the stuff, and it just never it's never one of those things that where time seems to be going by very fast when I watch <laughs> when I watch like I'm like oh it's surely the end now nope nope still has a whole other thing to go through first. Um, then we have rope. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock, uh, made this, I believe in six different 20 minute bursts or something like that. I can't remember to make it look like it was all one continuous shot all the way through, uh, the, 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 these days when they do these, uh, uncut shots, now they they have all these hidden cuts like Children of Men has that has a bunch of those and Extraction has a, a ton of those in one big uh, big moment and everything. But back in the day, you know, your your main uh, way of doing it was to get behind somebody in a black coat of some sort and then cut 
and then cut back on somebody in the black coat when you're ready to do it again. Um, nice. but, uh, rope is about, uh, about, uh, what it's based on. Um, uh, is it, uh, Leopold and Loeb? Yes. Loosely on the Leopold and Loeb murder case in 1924. Um, two, two, uh, upper class, uh, guys who have taken the teachings of, Jimmy Stewart too far, essentially, uh, who believe that there are superior people in this world and that, uh, that they can get away with murder because only superior people can, uh, decide to kill one of their friends, but they want to make a game of it. Actually, one of them wants to make a game of it. The other guy is kind of like, you know, just kind of going along with it and allowing it to happen. Um, they kill a friend right off at the beginning, uh, at the beginning of the movie, you see them strangle this dude with rope. Um, <laughs> and, uh, the, their idea is, can they have a whole dinner party with this dead guy in the, in a trunk or a coffin of some sort, uh, have an entire dinner party without anybody knowing that, uh, they, that that body is there. And of course, during the dinner party, everybody's like, where is that guy? He's supposed to be here. He's supposed to be here. And the, the two guys act in such a way that they start kind of giving it away. If you're really noticing, uh, the, the strange behavior. And of course, Jimmy Stewart is that person who is starting to get, to, uh, get wise to it. Mm. It's phenomenal. I love this shit. This is, fin- this is fantastic. Hitchcock. And you say it, it holds up cause this is 1948. It holds up mm-hmm. pretty well. Yeah. Um, there's a, I think there's an end joke to Cary Grant in this somewhere. Yeah. Um, because Hitchcock sort of interchangeably used Jimmy Stewart and, uh, and Cary Grant back in the day. And, uh, and I think Cary Grant wanted this part. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think there, there's some story about that and they have some dialogue in there where they were like, did you see that, uh, that picture? And they, they're trying to name the name of the movie. And they're like, I think it was just called, I don't know, something like the something. I don't <laughs> remember what it was called. And they were make they were actually referring to a Cary Grant movie, but I can't remember that part. Anyway, uh, rope is fantastic. It's one of those movies that's got all that, like the, the, the premise is so devilish and, 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 and evil, uh, but it's, but, but, but it's entertaining at the same time. You're like, like how in the fuck are these guys going to get away with this shit? Um, you know, it sounds like, you know, kind of like a Frasier episode, uh, only without the seriousness, like yeah, a, not a specific Frasier episode, but it sounds like the kind of, it also very much reminds me of arsenic and old lace. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> with the idea of a body that not everybody in the building knows is there. Um, I saw Rope once, uh, and I consider it on my list of shame that I haven't seen it again since because it was ages ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you love Rear Window as much as I do, so if yep. you're going to rave about Rope this much, I need to I need to get it on. Yeah, when it comes to get Hitchcock, it when it comes to Hitchcock, Rear Window is 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 probably not only my favorite of all time, but it's probably in my top ten movies of all time. Rear mm-hmm. Window's that good, but Rope w- is very high up on the list uh, of uh, of. It's just the it's just that premise. I mean, they're having this dinner party, and you you just you get 
it's funny you kind of forget that there's a body in this in this trunk this whole time because they're just having conversations like nothing's ever happened but there are little threads that go through there where somebody's like where did he go it's not like him to not even call and say he's he's not coming in he's usually on time and you you see some worry on some people other people are like ah eh, no big deal and uh and uh, it's just it's 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 fun how it sort of progresses to get to the point where J- James Stewart is just like something's kind of fucked up about this, and it, it <laughs> you know, there's says a point that. where he's like, "There's something <laughs> fucked up about this guy." <laughs> what do you think, Harvey? <laughs> this is fucked up. Um, but um, but yeah, go watch Rope if you've never seen it. Uh, Rosencrantz and Gildenstern are dead. Dead. Forgot it was on the list when I brought it up earlier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the sort of the, uh, uh, what would you call it? it? It's almost like a prequel or a sideways quote. Side quote. Yeah. yeah. To <laughs> Hamlet. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, after you guys recommended it, oh, how many years ago it's been on the Sincast? I watched it, uh, probably a week after that or so. Hmm. Uh, and I enjoyed it very much. Uh, what do you have to say about Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead? I love it so much. I named my cats Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> um, it is, it's the humor is not set up punchline humor. Um, it's a lot of thinking humor in many cases. Uh, the, the characters Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in, in the original Hamlet are really just uh, pawns for the plot to move around. They are the best friends of Hamlet who are supposed to comfort him. And then later on, Hamlet knows he's going to get killed and double crosses his own friends and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern end up dying. So Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, takes that premise uh, and sort of plays with it. So they don't even know which one of them's which. They can't remember <laughs> anything before waking up this morning as though they really literally only exist to serve this story. And like sometimes people will come up to them and say, oh, gentle Rosencrantz, oh, kind Guildenstern. And then the next time their names will be reversed. And there's even a part where <clears throat> there's even a part where uh, one of them says to the other one, hey, Rosencrantz. And he turns and he's like, yes. And he's like, oh, it worked. Let me try you. Let me try you. And he's like, hey, it's, 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 uh, it's Gary Oldman. He's like, Mm, say Gildenstern and Tim Roth is like no no not now catch me unawares <laughs> waits like three more it's very Homer Simpson he waits like three more seconds he's like say Gildenstern and like Tim Roth is like unawares catch me unawares um, but they keep trying all these science experiments like there's these potted plants hanging and he pulls one out and it knocks the other one on the end like that office uh, swinging ball desk toy yeah. uh, and then he calls over Tim Roth hey look at this and pulls it back too far and so the potted plant just breaks uh, and they drop a feather and a ball from the same height. And of course the ball hits way before the feather does. Um, they play word tennis um, oh, yes. where it, they have awesome. to only ask questions. Um, it's delightful, especially I think, again, I already mentioned, I don't even like Hamlet all that much. I have a passing enough knowledge of it to understand the parts of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead where we have entered Hamlet for a moment or two. Mm. Um <clears throat> But the way they have these characters like just outside of a scene so we can kind of hear what's going on and then they like fall down a grain chute into this and now they're part of the scene. This movie is delightful. It's Tom Stoppard uh, who would go on to do no, – it's Tom Stoppard yep. yeah, who would go on to do uh, Shakespeare in Love, uh, which is a lot more polished. 
but watch this for Gary Oldman and um, Tim Roth. Uh, they're both really young in this, and they have great chemistry, and they're both just really funny. They do, yeah. and and somebody that gets in my mind short shrift uh, because I didn't remember how good he was until I saw it maybe about six months ago. Richard Dreyfus as yeah, the baby. lead player in this movie is spectacular. You've never seen yeah, is. Richard Dreyfus like this. He's devilish. He is. He knows. He, you can tell that he knows uh, more than he's letting on and that kind of thing. Uh, he's fantastic. But yeah, all three of the leads are, are awesome. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, Ian Glenn plays Hamlet uh, mm-hmm. for you Game of Thrones uh, fans. Donald Sumter, also from Game of Thrones, but also a million other things, mm-hmm. uh, is in it as well. Uh, then we have The Seven Year Itch, which is uh, uh, something I've never seen. Oh, yeah, um, me neither. Yeah, it's the one that's famous for Marilyn Monroe uh, getting over the uh, that uh, grating of some sort and the, the, the dress flying up and her having to like push it down before anybody sees her knickers. <laughs> <laughs> we don't uh, call them knickers enough. I don't think. I don't yeah, think so great. either, uh, uh, but I've never seen it. Uh, she's, no, me neither. she's actually, she's, it, it, she doesn't have a whole lot of range. Marilyn Monroe does in this, in this movie. She's not given a lot of range to work with. Uh, mm-hmm. She's basically the, uh, the sex symbol by which the plot moves forward. The seven year itch, of course, being if you're in a relationship or a marriage for seven years, you start getting the dick itch and want to put it in somebody else. And you want to spray your milt onto <laughs> another <laughs> potential mate. That's true. And so she is his upstairs neighbor uh, as his wife is uh, is uh, gone away. Actually, I have seen this movie. Movies. You have? I have seen this movie, yeah. Now, more that the plot has come through. Was I, it the dick I, itch? It was the dick itch that got me. The dick itch. <laughs> In both ways. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do remember this now that you've uh, that you've uh, gone through the plot and everything. I saw that I saw that three or four years ago. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, I remember it being okay. It's not. I didn't think it was like great or anything. Like I said, man, she's. Her, her character is annoying in this movie. I'm trying to kind of dance around that. Uh, mm-hmm. She's manic. She doesn't know really what she's doing. Um, and she is, I want to say this carefully, the movie is treating her where she's almost like causing him to have these thoughts, even though we all know that's not really the case, all, except for her being Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's obviously no fault of her own. This guy is just a, a puppy swept up in this tornado that is Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, yeah. I would I would be powerless against it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then we have About Last Night, which is based on David Mamet's sexual perversity in Chicago. It's also <laughs> the name of Barrett's time in Chicago, from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you say David Mamet's sexual perversity in Chicago. <laughs> like, if people don't realize he's a playwright, that's a news headline of a crime. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Directed by Edwards Wick. I never have seen this, though. Um, oh, really? Th- if I remember this... Yeah, I remember this being one of those movies back in the day that, like, is like uh, lots and lots and lots of sex and nudity. If you wanna, if you want that, Demi Moore, I do, and want that. Rob Lowe. Yeah, we all want that. <laughs> um, but I've never seen it. 
Oh, it's awesome. I saw the Sunday afternoon edited for children version uh, that would play on cable that so that I never knew there was any nudity in that movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of the mean, the mean nudity. It would play... I mean, a lot of those Brat Pack movies would play on, like, Sunday afternoon on, like, USA or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so that's the only one I saw. Isn't there... You already mentioned this. There's a Kevin Hart version, too, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was... In, yeah. in which also has oh, yeah, right. lots, of, lots of nudity. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen that. I, don't I, think, know. I, that seen ver- I think that version was, like, PG-13 or something. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't yeah, know no, this movie. This movie is really good. In fact, it's one of it. I know it's not classic Brat Pack uh, cast all the way up and down, but there's a lot of Rob Lowe, Demi Moore, uh, Elizabeth Perkins. You know, Megan Mullally is actually really good in this. Um, and uh, yeah, this is one of my favorite movies from that period. I guess I gravitate towards the ones where they're older, like the ones in St. Elmo's Fire or uh, or this one. Uh yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. The uh, Kevin Hart version is R-rated, but I think it's toned down the sex and nudity, and it's mostly profanity and things like that. They got it. It's R-rating. Uh, then there's She's the Man back in the day, where Amanda Bynes was in things. Um, and uh, I remember seeing this. Uh, she's a like she's a soccer player, and I'm trying to remember. Is she's trying to get on the guy's team? Yes. Is that what it is? Well, yeah, because they shut down the girls' team. Okay. And so she assumes the identity of her brother or so, something like that and has to uh, tape her boobs down and stuff like right. that. Right, right. You know, I mean, it's it's so, it, it, what was it? Just one of the guys was the other one of those? Just one of the guys, yeah. Um, and, and, and you've seen the story before, but it is apparently an adaptation of The Twelfth Night. Which okay. I guess is why there are so many of these things. Um, um, I don't remember it being very good, but nope. uh, uh, then we have this is a movie. God, I, I I should have seen this and I haven't. This is Six Degrees of Separation. Um, th- this is the movie that this is either Will Smith's big first. Like, I mean, he's not a big character in this, but it was one of his first big movie roles that he had. Mm. Um, but I believe it's Stockard Channing and Donald Sutherland oh, yeah. that were in this movie. And I never I never saw this. I think I have the poster to this, though. It's <laughs> pretty great. Uh, he's Will Smith is uh, charming as fuck. Um, and he basically cons his way into these people's lives by convincing them he is the son of uh, Sidney Poitier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... He sells the lie very well, uh, but the movie itself, even though it's very entertaining, you could boil this movie down by saying it's literally Donald Sutherland and Stocker Channing telling the story over four or five rich people parties. It's basically, <laughs> and it's all told in flashbacks where they're always telling like dumbfounded rich friends about this tale that they're bemused by. They're like <laughs> almost never offended by it. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And, uh, yeah, just for Will Smith's performance alone, I think it's worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to see this at some point. I, and I keep forgetting about this this movie. I remember it was a big deal when it came out. Um, then we have Sleuth. There are two versions of it. Uh, one is with Laurence Olivier and Michael Caine, and the other one is with Jude Law and Michael Caine. Of course, Jude Law Ooh. was doing a lot of the old Michael Caine roles <laughs> uh, at the time. Uh and uh, the the one that came out in 2007 was Kenneth Branagh yeah. directed it. 
And then uh, the 1972 version is uh, is uh, Joseph L. Mankovich. But uh, but um, the 2007 one, I guess, is the one I'm most familiar with. But it's uh, um, it's sort of one of these. I, it's like it's like two writers who were like rivals of each other or something like that. I can't. Um, and he, and one invites the other to his house hmm. and, uh, and they're, they're trying to sort of match wits against each other. And, uh, and, uh, one of them is trying to kill the other, I think is what it, what it comes down to. Hmm. I think there's a woman involved too, or, or there was. Yeah, but maybe I, so. I remember there's a lot of disguises. Stolen his wife. Yeah. That's, that's. Yeah, there's a lot is. of disguises, and it's basically them taking turns fucking the other one over. Um, and I found it to be a delightful mind fuck, but I only saw it once. Did you see yeah. the? Did you see the Jude Law one or the? Yeah, the Jude Law one. I haven't seen the original. Oh, see, I haven't seen that one. I saw the '72 one, which was great. Well, the '72 right. version is better than the 2007 version for sure. Um, oh, shit. But, but no. <laughs> but hey, but hey, if you've seen the 2007, it's like a horrible bosses situation, right? There you go. That's true. If you've seen the 2007 version, that's gonna be that's gonna be your sleuth from now on. Uh, but sleuth. I remember both of them are good. Both of them are fun. Nice. Uh, streetcar named Desire. We finally got to it. Yeah. Tennessee Williams. This is the movie that is. Uh, sort of cited as the beginning of naturalistic acting because of Marlon Brando's performance. in uh, in this movie, uh, there's this uh, idea that before streetcar named desire, uh, everybody was doing this sort of affected play to the back row kind <laughs> of uh, acting, even though you might see people before Brando who, uh, who you would consider natural, uh, it wasn't until you saw this raw kind of uh, intensity in a character before. Um, and I, I think nearly every actor in the world uh, after this point started citing this as the movie that made them want to be an actor themselves. Uh, it was it, Marlon Brando's performance in this is like the velvet underground is to bands that came out <laughs> after, after the velvet underground, right? Like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, everybody cites this as their inspiration. Uh, but, uh, what do we think about a streetcar named desire? I love it. Will this bewitching floozy seduce <laughs> this humble newsy? Oh, what's a paper boy to do? <laughs> That's what I think about streetcar. Yep. They, the, the Simpsons pissed off New Orleans with that. There you go. <laughs> uh, you know, Brando gets all the credit for his performance in this, rightfully so. But Vivian Lee is a dynamite as as uh, Blanche mm-hmm. Dubois, yep. and it's been a while since I've seen this. But man, I mean she she really brings it, and you can feel the chemistry between Brando and Kim Hunter, and also with Vivian Lee too. Uh, just everybody seemed to be on the same page and clicking. And the mm-hmm. cinematography is great, sexy as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Ooh. Mm. Um. Yeah, Elia Kazan uh, directed it, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that and on the waterfront, right? Yep, yep. Uh, but uh, you know, his his name will always be, you know, 
uh, sullied with the, uh, you know, he named names and shit mm-hmm. like that. He mm-hmm. ruined people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have 12 Angry Men. Sidney uh, oh, yeah. Lumet. Uh, this 12 Angry Men is one of the best movies you'll ever see. Even though it's not, even though it's not really like a movie, like it's not like, you know, something that requires the screen, but because uh, it's basically all in one jury room. Yeah, for the mm-hmm. most they don't part. they don't leave. I don't think. Yeah, um, but uh, the, the you know it's about a murder case that seems pretty cut and dry to everybody except one man. One man is not convinced, and they mm-hmm. need to have a unanimous result. And uh, and the this one man is like, but wait a minute, what about this? And then he starts slowly getting more and more people to his side as he goes there's a lot of racial overtones in this jury too like because the uh the accused is hispanic yeah or yeah i think hispanic Mm. um and some of the jurors are very clear puerto rican uh are very clearly uh voting guilty because of his race and so it's not just evidence that this guy has to bring into it uh but he has to overcome these uh bitter feelings and it's basically can he or can he not convince the entire jury uh, to change their minds uh and it's it's riveting the jack lemon modern version uh with bing rames bing rames uh yeah is excellent that was good too yeah it's excellent they're both good uh you can't go wrong with either one but i think it it says a lot about the source material yeah yeah about that you know it's funny when i was in high school we didn't have enough male actors uh, to that were any good to play this and <laughs> to put this on. So we renamed it 12 angry people. <laughs> we had half female and half male. So, yeah. The, the, it, it's one of the funniest, uh, sight gags in Barry, uh, where, uh, what's Henry Winkler's name in that? Oh, Gene, Gene Cousinov. Uh, uh-huh. the, there's a there's a part where there where Barry's at his house, and there is a poster in the background that says Gene Kuzanoff is twelve angry men. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh my god, I love that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Venus in Fur, Roman Polanski. I've never seen this. Yeah, this is an interesting uh, movie. This is uh, directed by Roland Pol- Polanski. As of 2013, I saw this on Mubi actually, and mm-hmm. it's very, very play-like. It's it's uh, sexually based um, b- between really only two people uh, in this uh, in this production. Uh, mm-hmm. They are putting on a stage production, and she is trying to get something out of him. I think is the way it is, or, or vice versa. And it's 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 really really good. I, I hate that I like Polanski's work. I really do. <laughs> I know. But, I want to uh, correct. This is very good. Real quick, I want to correct. Uh, it's not Bing Rames, and I, um, it was uh, <clears throat> either Courtney B. Vance, Ossie Davis, or Michael T. Williamson. Ossie uh, Davis is who you're probably thinking. Somebody, about. I think so. Somebody won an award for that Twelve Angry Men. It was William Friedkin, uh, Friedkin directed it, by the way. Oh wow! Uh, <clears throat> somebody won an award for that, and on in their acceptance speech said it should have gone to Jack Lemmon. Uh, and I don't, I don't have the details in front of me on this whole story, uh, but I'll have to look that up and send you the link later. But uh, William Freakin, I'd forgotten that. Anyway, I wanted yeah, to clear up that for mistake. TV. Yeah, it was a TV movie. It was, yeah. That's why I think they won an Emmy, whatever they won. Hmm. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Might have been an HBO film. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was something like that. It was on cable. Showtime. Showtime Network. Showtime. Okay. Um, and then we have West Side Story. Um, Ooh, I, like uh, I know that I know that Jeremy is uh, has watched this movie many times. I have. I love it. Uh, I don't love how long it is, and I don't think it needs to be remade, even if it's fucking Spielberg doing it. Uh, well, I and maybe know. maybe uh, it shouldn't be done even with Spielberg doing. It. Yeah, like <laughs> that's, that's like true. because of Spielberg doing it, it shouldn't be done at this point. I agree. I agree. And uh, you know the. It just doesn't seem like there's a need for it. I don't know what he's going to do to bring new light to this. I even saw a quote because I tweeted about this and somebody found a quote he did in an interview about how he wanted to highlight the struggle of Puerto Rican immigrants living in New York City. Mm-hmm. And my reply to that tweet was, like the original one does? Yeah. Like, they're Puerto Rican in that. And yeah. if you're going to yeah. remake this, you put Lin-Manuel Miranda in charge of it or you don't do it at all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the original is fantastic. Um, the songs are iconic. Um, the cinematography is f- fantastic. It's just too long, really, is the only mm-hmm. beef I have, which I like a lot of those musicals made back in that day. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, and of course, you know, it's based on Romeo and Juliet, which fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was supposed to be Officer Shrank in the high school Ooh. production of West Side Story, but that did not happen because we had to we had to shut it down because our drama teacher got sick and everything. But quote um, unquote got sick. Uh, I think the uh, drama teacher was taking Barrett back behind stage. Well, yeah, wow, probably. that got dark in a hurry. I'm it sorry. It did. It got very very dark. Uh, Everybody's <laughs> taking me backstage. Do I not? They are oh, seriously. Yeah, <laughs> so many blowjobs going on. Back the- <laughs> the offer i guess i should have <laughs> clarified i didn't accept the offer yeah no we oh we know barrett wink <laughs> wink wink <laughs> others that barrett hasn't seen that's on this arbitrary list <laughs> Jeez, that's a lot. It's a lot of anger. <laughs> um, oh, it's just funny that we separate these lists into barrett has seen it Bear has not seen it. Hey, man. Hey, I find, I find him. Um, Barefoot in the Park, uh, Jane Fonda, Robert Redford, based on Neil Simon. I can't remember if I saw this or not. I know I've seen some. I think I've seen it, but I don't remember anything about it. I don't remember it being all that it. good. Mm. Um, no, don't go barefoot in the park. I think that's the lesson. You put, you put shoes on. <laughs> that's what you do. Step on a lot of shit out there, man. Um, <laughs> then a doll's house. Has been made into a movie six times, eh? Wow. Yeah. Seems worth it. Well, that's why. And if I had uh, maybe uh, done some more research on it, maybe it would turn into like a Moulin Rouge type of thing. But yeah, it's it's got a lot. I haven't even Uh, made that many movies about Jesus. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) There's a... There's a... There's a... uh, There's a Mr. Show sketch... Where, um, where they, they, they show these four guys walking around. They're like the Beatles, but they're not a band. They're just the most photographed people in the world. Basically <laughs> they're going around and, and, uh, and they're, and, and they, I mean, everybody, they, everybody treats them like they're the Beatles. Uh, you know, everything is, is exactly the Beatles, except they don't play any music. 
and 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 uh and then there's this news conference and david cross whoever he's playing is like it's like yeah we've been photographed more than jesus and, uh, <laughs> and then the narrator comes in and says they were disappointed at the lack of controversy that that, that, that this quote you know that this quote made so and they got and then they became not popular after that um then we have Equus. Sidney Lumet did one in 1977. Uh, I think the most famous version is the one where Daniel Radcliffe was on stage. It wasn't a movie, but mm-hmm. um, but uh, but everybody was uh, was uh, up in arms about Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, getting on stage and having his wiener hanging out and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's wiener. This, right? What's that? I think there is nudity in that, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. oh yeah, Daniel Radcliffe did this fully nude on stage. Yep. Nice, yep. good for him. Yep. Um, he showed us Harry Potter. He did. He did. <laughs> uh, but uh, the the subject matter is always something super disturbing. I can't remember what what it is. Uh, something about he's he's blinded by a horse or something. A psychiatrist. He's treating a teenager who has blinded horses in a stable, attempting to find the root of his horse worship. Worship. Oh. So he has like a thing with horses and mm-hmm. the psychiatrist is trying to uh, cure him of that. Okay. Uh, Finian's rainbow. Is this Coppola's first movie he directed? He did. Uh, oh, he did a movie called you're a big boy. Now he did dementia 13. Oh, so he'd done quite a few others before this. Um, but uh, Finian's rainbow uh, has Fred Astaire. And Petula Clark in it, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I've I've never seen it. Downtown, yeah, downtown, downtown. <laughs> uh, switching there channel. are movie shows. Sorry, yeah, there are movie shows. <laughs> uh, switching channels based on the front page. I've never seen switching channels. Mm. Um, mm. The front mm-hmm. page. It's that uh, that farce that they do in Barry, actually. That's right. That's right. I was like, I know I've heard that somewhere before. Um, the Great White Hope. That's James Earl Jones is in that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, black champion boxer and his white female companion struggle to survive while the white boxing establishment looks for ways to knock him down. Okay. Yeah, because then they made the Great White Hype mm-hmm. back in the uh, the 90s where they were trying to set up a big like racial fight of yeah. some sort. Uh, and they hype up Peter Berg in that movie as like the only person to ever knock, uh, knock, uh, Damon Wayans down and everything. But uh, the great white hope, if I recall is uh, supposed to be really good, but I've never yeah. seen it. Um, the Iceman cometh. That's a, that's a play we've heard about a million times. I've never seen the movie. Did Kevin, Sp- was Kevin Spacey in this? Not in the movie. Just for the record, I glanced over this list of ones Barrett's never seen, and I haven't seen fucking one of them. So. <laughs> I think I've seen one. Uh, the Iceman Cometh, 1973, John Frankenheimer, uh, with Lee Marvin. Jeff Bridges is in it, too. Frederick mm. March. Mm. Uh, there's another Iceman Cometh with Jason Robards in it. Uh, then there was the dice man cometh with Andrew Dice. Play. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, this has been done a few times. Um, the importance of being earnest. That's another Oscar Wilde mm-hmm. adaptation. Um, I'm trying to remember if I've seen one of those. It's important to be earnest. It is. Um, <laughs> it's important. 2002 to be also, Rup- also Rupert Everett 
uh, in 2002 yeah. with Colin Firth and Reese Witherspoon. Uh, there's a 1952 version, and uh, but the 2002 is the one that I remember, but I, I never saw it. Um, Inherit the Wind. Two lawyers argue the case for and against a science teacher accuses of the crime of teaching evolution. So that's the yeah, monkey the scopes trial. monkey trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, one of Tennessee's greatest moments. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Lost in Yonkers. I uh, don't remember. I don't see. I don't think I saw this movie. But is this Mercedes Rule that was in this. Um, yeah, and uh, your boy again, Mr. Holland Opus. God, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's Mercedes Rule and Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this movie coming out. I never saw it though. I remember uh, this movie coming out and saying Yonkers. How many more fucking neighborhoods in New York are you going to make up on the spot for your movie that never existed before? Just kidding. <laughs> I'd never heard of Yonkers before I'm trying this to movie. remember if I ever went to Yonkers in my, in my days of, uh, I, um, of uh, New York. I, I don't think – I may have driven past it. Was in some um, some places in upstate, but I don't think ever Yonkers. You would know, man. Everybody in Yonkers is walking around constantly going yonk yonk yonk. That's yonk, true. Yonk. That's and true. They're all lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have remembered that. You're right. <laughs> uh, love, valor, compassion. Ooh, Jason Alexander's in that one. Um, came out in 1997. It's um, a it's a bunch of gay dudes uh, get together uh, and go on vacation together. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh yeah. The Madness of King George. Uh that's a we we ran across this one recently for In some the, reason. Uh English thing. That's right. The yeah. uh the uh, the, uh, the the but uh, st- I still haven't seen it since then. No, I did not <laughs> did not go race to watch The Madness of King George. Uh that championship season. Don't don't know anything about that. Sounds like all. a sports movie. It does. <clears throat> yeah, it's like basketball and Ed Harris is and things. On the stage? What yeah. happens if you miss the big shot you're supposed to make at the end of the big game if it's a stage show? That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is a lot of pressure. <laughs> I don't, my joke is I don't think they were actually shooting basketball. Probably stage, not. Were they? <laughs> well, no, not. I mean, it's a basketball team. I don't know if they actually play, uh, but it's, so a it's, a, it's a basketball team. They probably a two did the show of locker room talk. What the hell is this show? They probably I don't did know. the. I haven't seen it, man. <laughs> they probably did the. Uh, they probably did the hour town thing where they like pretended like they were dribbling a basketball. <laughs> they pantomimed the basketball and, like and, middle and Schwartz. Yeah, and they would shoot it, and then and then they would they would like pull a string and then show the show the net move, and then ah, very good. Yes, the unsinkable Molly Brown. Um. Uh, it's, uh, it, you know, it's about Kathy Bates on Titanic. <laughs> it's about Kathy Bates. Mm-hmm. It's about Kathy Bates and Jennifer Jason Lee. I've actually seen yeah. this play, uh, a long time ago. Uh, and it was, it was, yeah, she's plucky. She's plucky. And, and she, uh, she, w- yes, she was on the Titanic and survived. She survived many things and, uh, some personal tragedy too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a good play. I haven't seen the, uh, movie adaptation. Mm-hmm. And then the one on here that I know for a fact that I have seen, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Uh, Mike Nichols uh, directed, uh, this was uh, Elizabeth Taylor, um, in a just dynamo, like rough, drunken performance. Uh, it's uh, I think it's about a couple who invites another couple over and 
there's all this uh domestic discord that uh gets hashed out in front of everybody mm. and everything uh has nothing to do with virginia wolf at all um but um but uh it's one of those it's one of those um movies or slash plays that have just absolutely brutal dialogue in it like when you hear the the truth of everything that's going mm-hmm. on a bitter aging couple with the help of alcohol use their young house guests guests to fuel anguish and emotional pain towards each other over the course of a distressing night but uh yeah uh, elizabeth taylor richard burton george seagal and sandy dennis Ooh. and that's it Oh, there were never any other plays made into movies ever. And there were none. There were no other ones at all. Um, uh, But yeah, those that was a that was a fun trip through uh, the stage adaptations. I mean, we 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 hit on a good amount of them. And I'm sure if we we missed a few, you'll tell us uh, which ones uh, we should uh, scope out. Uh, This had a very like very specific thing right it had to be a play first and yeah, then yeah, yeah. and then and then it became a movie i'm sure we missed a few there but there were there were a lot of stuff in here that they they were maybe books first mm-hmm. and then they became plays uh like les miserables is one of mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. like uh you know you you would think why didn't we talk about les miserables well it was a book and then it was a play and mm-hmm. then it was a movie and then um uh, a play i was in in high school called mash um, oh yeah, that uh, that uh, is is famous as a TV show and movie. I believe it was either a book or something. It may have been. I'm trying to remember if it was a book first, but uh, that's another one that uh, started off uh, before it was a movie. It was uh, it was some other things, but anyway. All right, well, uh, that's going to do it for this week. Keep going to Syncast, presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. We're also on CinemaSins Twitter, Music Video Sins Twitter. Uh, we're on Discord. And uh, if you want to get on Discord, you can uh, go to the uh, Reddit page and find the link on the right side of the page there. Or you can go to Facebook and private message me, and I can give you a link there. We're also on SoundCloud. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott, Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Did I ever tell you about my greatest uh, Scrabble victory as a child? My brother and I... No, but my brother and I were playing Scrabble. We played a lot of Scrabble. Um, <clears throat> it was highly encouraged in our house, and uh, we still play it when we get together. But uh, I had four letters left, M, I, L, and T. I stared at them for several minutes. There was no word I could make with them. <clears throat> but I, I found a place to play them, and I played. I laid down my M, I, L, T, and my brother challenged, thinking it was not a word. And so we went to the dictionary, and not only was that a word, but it means fish sperm. <laughs> oh, M-I-L-T itself is a word. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I not only won, I got 50 points extra because he challenged and lost. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I did not know that was a word when I played it, but uh, that was my greatest victory. That says wow. a lot about my Scrabble game. There, there, are, people, there are people who in this on this earth who commonly use that word, like, 
you know, I was I was watching the fish spawning, and there was a lot of milt. <laughs> yeah, a lot of milt. The milt was coating the ocean. Right. The milt was everywhere. It was good that I wasn't scuba diving in that milt. Um, oh my god! Yes, and I just to, just to verify, so we didn't get double double checked. I just googled it, and it says milt is the seminal fluid of fish, mollusks, and certain other water dwelling animals, which reproduce by spraying this fluid, which contains the sperm, onto roe. It can also refer to the sperm sacs or the testes that contain the semen. Yeah. <laughs> Fish testes. There you go. There you go. We are Who knew? always Who educating knew? you. About There's milk everywhere. Don't yeah. swallow animal sacs. That's right. <laughs> it's probably a delicacy somewhere. I'm sure it is. I'm sure, sure it is. Like, you know, is. like you go to a, you go to one of those high posh restaurants, you know, and you get like the you know the the steak frites or whatever with asparagus and there's like a and uh so you like yeah there's like okay, a, wait we're okay, like we should a, stop there's we a ramekin of milk we should stop yeah, joking many, side, many, many cultures milk. eat milk according to wikipedia often fried <laughs> though usually not as a dish by itself it's right. used in indonesian japanese korean romanian russian and sicilian cuisine of course yeah. it is so Make mine a little a little milty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need a I need a, milk. I need a latte. Double the milk. <laughs> double the milk. <laughs> Could you melt the like milk, please? <laughs> you figured there was ever a frog that was swimming through the water and said, "Excuse me, sir, you've gotten some milk in my cloaca." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's a real big problem with frogs. <laughs> what I hear. If you drink it straight, you get a milk mustache. Mm-hmm, oh that's, right. that's right. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I want to see milk become the next mainstream euphemism for jism. Yes. Me too. Maybe <laughs> I'm gonna milt on you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I want this, and I will know it has happened when it shows up in porn. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna milt all over your face. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The the woman could say, "Give me that milk, baby," mm-hmm. uh, or you know, whatever women say. I... Yeah, <laughs> fill me up, Mister. Yeah, fill me with your milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I looked, they're a hundred percent milk free. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> Oh, Daddy, <laughs> you have so you know, much milk. That is an odd thing about Scrabble, though that you, that your brother challenges it, and and he's wrong. So you have a fifty point swing that way. I almost feel like you should be able to define it yourself if that's the case. I mean, if we played today, that's. I mean, I think in general that's that's the rule. Uh, but we, mm-hmm. were, I was like. 12 and he was like 14 uh, and so it was more of a it was more of a a dare like i dare you to challenge this i'm gonna mm-hmm. play it i'm hoping it's a word uh, yeah but yeah when we play now as adults i wouldn't be away i wouldn't get be able to get away with playing a word i didn't know how to define mm-hmm. uh, they'd they'd have my hide <clears throat> right i'll have oh, your hide hey, uh, is it about my cube <laughs> is it about my cube <laughs> first it was like uh, I had to answer the the security questions, and I had to go to Jonathan and say, "Blah blah blah, you know, where did your mom and dad 
for successfully mate. And then so like <laughs> that movie is fucking great, man. Uh, I'm I can't wait to, to do talk the seven about day it. trial. Yeah, just to watch it. Yeah, I, I really like when you first start watching it. You're like, man, this uh, little, this, uh, this dialogue and this Elizabeth Shue shit at the beginning is kind of <laughs> clunky, but like. You know, but then when it gets into the, and it's an hour and a half, it's an oh, hour wow. and a half when it gets into the, the shit. Oh my God. It's so good. <laughs> All right. Well, I think, by the way, for the record topic for another day, I think this is the only way Apple TV finds success is buying other properties because I, I don't think the stuff they've produced in house has shown much promise. No, right. Um, but I've even I heard Netflix. good things about it, but it's not. Moving yeah. the needle. Well, and, and Netflix does the same thing. They produce their own in-house, and then they acquire others uh, for various reasons. But uh, they're also way firmly established before Apple TV came along. And Quibi, I think Quibi's already dead. Like, I think there's yeah. already a funeral happening for Quibi. <laughs> there was a tweet I saw the other day about Quibi that was like, the the uh, all of the best, was it all the best uh, content about uh, uh, the best content on Quibi is people mate writing think pieces about Quibi. That, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, you know, you hear about it a lot. I didn't. I don't even know what's on it. I think that's the problem. I just watched Middle Ditch and Schwartz again. Yeah. My favorite uh-huh. part in there was uh, is in the third one where they do the complete opposite. Uh, methods of wiping your ass. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know if I've seen he's, that one. I don't know where oh, that comes God, from. Where Middle he's like keeps folding it over. I know <laughs> which. Well, when the other guy, which shorts does at least making fun of Middle Ditch folding it over a million <laughs> times. So he grabs a whole roll in a wad and squats yeah. up and lifts, and then Middle Ditch like, like gets it up. legitimately angry in character, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, who the fuck cares? Paper spray. Let's just yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. There's uh, there's one that you did, Jeremy, that made me laugh for probably about like forty five seconds straight. It's, was it the hot air balloon? Yes. <laughs> Barrett is doing his uh, impression of the guy doing Roxanne in Moulin Rouge, and I yeah. am making fun of him because he just recently had laryngitis, and that is a mm-hmm. terrible thing to do to your throat if you want to keep your voice. I was Indeed. looking at the scene, and I was like, is that really like how I remember it, that guy singing it like yeah, that? Yeah, man. It's it, like it, it guttural. <laughs> guttural. <laughs> it's actually my favorite part of the movie uh, that's oh, when yeah. the movie starts to lose me oh really uh the first hour i'm like this is magic it's awesome and then right around that scene is where i'm like okay i think See, i'm gonna be like, tuning out i like the little layers of that song because you know the tour like in the <clears> middle of the roxanne you know you hear Christian, you and McGregor are like, where does my heart? You yeah. know, and he goes through all that and it rocks and like going in at the same time. I love it. Holly Hobbit has a harrowing heroin habit. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like Stephen Baldwin when they said the name, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't Stephen Baldwin. 
I think he would have told us if it was Stephen yeah. Baldwin. Yeah. By the way, I haven't told you this in two years, but Stephen Baldwin. Let me log in and see what it was. So I, I, I forgot that there was a part in the Ables where somebody was like, give me the fucking keys, you fucking cocksucker motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <what> the fuck! <laughs> I've, I, 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 unless you're just somebody who's just the, you know, after after the editing notes comes in, and you're just going over every single aspect of it, and I'm sure there are authors like that out there that just know their shit, but like, I mean, how many times do you see that with people who are in TV shows or whatever, and people ask them questions about their characters, and they're like. <laughs> what am i how am i supposed to know like the 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 the, the, yeah, the people ask people who do the simpsons voices what, what wiggum did in this one episode <laughs> like you know how many fucking sessions of voiceover work that guy did he doesn't remember that shit <laughs> all right good